the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Big story of the day, government shutdown. Can't avoid that. Market's doing okay. History shows us that shutdowns is a buying opportunity for investors, but even if I tell you that, it may not give you comfort. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Everyone who has money in the markets should check out Briefing.com because I think you do a great job of giving us digestible information through some of the articles that you send out, but also the, the daily notes and updates that come out through uh, you know the day for traders. How are you, Patrick? Hi, Rob. Thanks. Appreciate that. Ho- Doing fine. Hopefully you weren't going to go to Yosemite this weekend or go see a national park. Well, funny enough, I was actually at the uh, St. Louis Arch on Sunday, so I got in uh, just in the nick of time. So uh, that's closed down today, obviously, with the uh, with the partial government shutdown. Uh, but you're right, uh, a lot of other spots uh, that people should be visiting right now uh, can't be visited because of the dysfunction in Washington. So let's talk about the dysfunction in Washington. Um, I think the New York, one of the New York papers got it completely right with the headline, House of Turds. Um, <laughs> Americans just, we don't appreciate this, it seems, right? You know, um, I, I mean, I think that uh, uh, you can look at, you know, whatever polls you want to look at. I mean, the approval rating for Congress is abysmally low. And I think that just underscores that, you know, Americans, uh, you know, look to these uh, members of Congress to get things done, you know, and all they constantly see on TV and read in the papers is basically boils down to a lot of uh, petulant finger pointing and uh, no resolve to uh, negotiate in a bipartisan spirit that's going to help advance uh, the interests of the United States and the United States economy. And so it's been really debilitating here uh, and, frankly, exasperating to see uh, our government work or perhaps not work the way that it is right now. It's interesting that you talk about the approval ratings. I saw a new poll out that root canals are more popular than Congress. Congress's approval rating at 10%. Right. And I had a root canal. It wasn't so bad. But with that said, that's shocking, isn't it? It is, uh, you know, but again, it just is uh, these guys that are uh, out there, you know, supposedly doing the people's work, um, you know, aren't doing much work at all, it seems, to really uh, help the cause here, and it's just paralyzing um, uh, a lot of things, and, uh, you know, regardless of which side of the argument one comes down on, uh, the bickering that we're seeing taking place in Washington, you know, when you've got an economy that's already struggling to grow, you know, 2%, any 
you know, uh, slow down or shut down uh, within the federal government is, is going to be a drag on that, and it's going to end up costing jobs in the end, and it's just going to continue to uh, retard the progress of the U.S. recovery here. And so that's that's not a good thing. Um, and so you can point uh, fingers of blame at, at both sides probably for not getting something done in accordance with, uh, you know, what they've been elected to do. Now, you've seen a lot of this come and go in your lifetime, Patrick. Um, do you think this kills our economy? Do you think this pushes us to recession, or is that being too dramatic? Yeah, I think you know the, the shutdown itself is it's too dramatic to think that it pushes you into uh, into a recession. Um, our economist uh, Jeff Rosen here has uh, indicated to me that you know for every two weeks the government is closed, it should take off about three tenths of one uh, three three tenths of one percent uh, of GDP. So um, that's not going to drive us into a recession. But the issue here, really, I think, the, you know, the, the thing that's hanging in the balance, obviously, is the debt ceiling negotiation. And if that goes bad, then yes, that could drive you back into a recession, uh, because that's just not going to end up uh, being good for anyone. What else are you looking at today that we can change the topic on from debt ceiling in Washington to Wall Street? <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that. I actually am looking at some debt ceiling issues, unfortunately. Um, you know, I was uh, doing some research back into what we saw transpire uh, in 2011, and really the, the 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 real, you know, damage was done between July 22nd and August 8th, and you saw the S&P 500 drop about 17% during that time. Now, we obviously did ultimately get a deal, uh, but a lot of damage was done leading up to it, and, you know, unfortunately, that risk exists again today, um, and so I'm just kind of taking a look at some of those areas that were hard hit during that period of time, and not surprisingly, you're seeing, uh, I saw that, you know, pretty much the cyclical sectors, uh, which are growth sensitive, were the ones that were the hardest hits, i.e. the consumer discretionary, industrials, financials, materials, and energy sectors. So um, so if you're sitting there looking at some big gains and you're you know, anxious about the debt ceiling, again, getting to a, a really nasty point that could cause some real upset in the market, you know, investors might want to consider taking some, uh, some money off the table in those areas because they're likely to get hit the hardest again if we see another uh, repeat episode. Obamacare goes into effect today, and I'm starting to read some of the details, and I think Washington's trying to explain to us what it is and what it's not. Um, do you think that has a drain on small businesses? Because that's the way the media is portraying it, that the guys that own franchises are going to skirt the law as best they can and drain as much as they can out of their employees. Any thoughts on how Obamacare, Affordable Care Act, will affect uh, the stock market and businesses? Right. Well, you know, that is kind of the great irony today, isn't it, that uh, those health exchanges are, are going online and that really Obamacare is at the root of the budget impasse here. But nonetheless, that uh, is something that was already, you know, a done deal. And so those are operational here. Um, but, you know, from the standpoint of small business owners who are, you know, essentially telling you that, you know, if they're going to have to pay um, penalties or things of that nature, um, you know, that's going to restrict their willingness to, you know, add more workers beyond that uh, that threshold of 50 employees. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I think, you know, I think that, you know, a valid argument could be made that it is going to impede things here. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is still 
the law of the land. And so, um, you know, if, if Americans want that ultimately to change, well, then they'll uh, probably go to the voting booths to make that happen. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see here. But that's, you know, that's one of the other things that's underlying, you know, some of these difficulties here in these negotiations is that you can bet a lot of these members of Congress are already looking at the midterm elections in 2014, and there's some political posturing taking place in front of that, and that's going to make these uh, negotiations all the more difficult here. But, um, but uh, yeah, it is something to be mindful of, and uh, we'll continue to watch that. So there's a couple of uh, analysts and strategists at Briefing that I really, really like, and I think you're one of the better market analysts. Um, and I got my foot in my mouth. When I say better, I'm, I'm giving you full praise. Um, I do you, appreciate that. Thank you. Do you look at other analysts and ever go, this guy's crazy? Or because I think I, what I'm trying to get at is I think some in the, our listenership think that it's it's a game and some like some people are super bullish, some people are super bearish. You seem to be you know kind of Goldilocksian as long as the jobs are there, you'll you'll continue to push forward. Um, and I'm putting words in your mouth there, but do you ever look at other analysts and like shake your head? Um, you know, I, I, I see a lot come across my desk um, in yep. terms of what I read and everything. Um, and sometimes it's just one of those, without naming specific names, sometimes you get a really good analyst that just says something that kind of sounds off the wall, you know, for that point in time. And, um, you know, so I think it's in this day and age anyway with how kind of – screwy things are, if you will, um, okay. and with so many different dimensions factoring into a market outlook now with the global landscape and what's going on in Europe and China and the emerging markets and Latin America and, um, and politics and monetary policy. I mean, it's, it's really you know, difficult to, to stick to a, a, a strict line of, of thinking for a lot of people, but you know, at the end of the day, you stay rooted in fundamental analysis here, and I think that that will drive more level-headed analysis here for, for market strategists, and there's a basis, obviously, to rationalize a lot of um, you know, big price targets, and at the same time, there's a basis to rationalize you know, the market not going anywhere here for a certain period of time, and so you're kind of in that really uh, difficult place right now, I think, fundamentally, from a fundamentally, uh, from a fundamental perspective anyway, because um, with a lot of uncertainty being removed, some fundamental, you know, pictures open up a little bit more clearly, and things can look a lot better for the market. At the same time, if they break in a bad way, you know, the fundamentals can worsen and, you know, you know, and the things don't look so great. But um, I think it's human nature that really some people just say things that are off the wall to get people's attention, uh, and uh, and I think you know a, a bad comment or a bad piece of insight when you see it. <laughs> there was a headline that just passed that I saw. Carl Icahn tweets he pushed hard for $150 billion Apple buyback over dinner. What do you think about the role of the activist shareholder yeah. in this market today? You know, um, I was I was looking at that tweet as well, and and it just it struck me, you know, specifically, you know, I don't have anything specific to say about Apple itself, but I, I feel like Mr. Icon is kind of taking this passive aggressive courtship of Tim Cook. You know, it's it's more or less, hey, we're buddy buddy here, and here's what you're gonna do, and here's what I'm gonna tell everyone you're gonna do, and if you don't do it, well then, you know, maybe we won't be so buddy buddy the next time we meet, and I think that you know. Activism is, you know, is a good thing okay. when there's a lot of uh, cash that's, you know, shareholder money that's doing nothing. You know, I think that uh, there is some validity in those viewpoints, but you can also take 
take it to the extreme in certain cases, like we saw with Bill Ackman and J.C. Penney, and he basically ruined, you know, a, you know, a formidable company, you know, and now they're fighting tooth and nail to get back, and that was a clear case of where shareholder activism went went wrong, and uh, so you just kind of have to be mindful of, you know, what the agendas are here and and what they're really trying to uh, to achieve in the end. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, independent live market analysis of U.S. and international markets, Briefing.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.